patrons, and welcome to the second bonus part, especially for patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you guys here as always, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting us. I hope you enjoy the bonus content, and well, let's get this show on the road. Pongámonos en marcha with the bonus part of the bikini episode of FYI. Well, I was going to tell you about a few things, as I said. I owe you a couple explanations. Os debo. I owe you a couple explanations. Un pagaré as you say in Spanish, is an I-O-U, E-O-U, que cuando lo decimos es yo te debo, I-O-U. I love it when we play with English like that. So, I was telling you, at first, the bikini was kind of a controversial thing. There are still places in the world where the bikini is frowned upon. Mal visto. Now, when the bikini was first introduced, countries like Italy, Portugal, and Spain prevented their citizens from wearing them. Can you believe that? I mean, in Spain now, you can go topless, but back in the day, you weren't allowed to even wear one. So that's pretty crazy. But obviously, since then, Italy, Portugal, Spain, and countries like that uh, have lifted those bans. So a ban is una prohibición. And if you lift a ban... You take away that restriction and people are now allowed to do it. So, yeah, bikinis were actually banned in Italy, Portugal, and Spain. Countries famous for their beaches. And now, topless beaches in many cases. Now, there are still cities, though, around the world that have banned this provocative piece. I love that word, provocative. In fact, if you're in Var, Croatia, Croatia, we say in English, it sounds like a shh. If you're in Havar, Croatia, you can get fined. Now, to get fined is recibir una multa. So, a fine es una multa. A good way to remember that is, I am not fine with getting a fine. No estoy bien con recibir una multa. So, yeah, you can get fined for walking around in a swimsuit in Var, Croatia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's H-V-A-R, Croatia. So, ladies, just so you know, if you're ever there... Don't walk around in your swimsuit. Another one, the Maldives, which you think of that place as a very private, you know, in the middle of nowhere place. But most public beaches in Maldives are for one-piece suits only. So you cannot wear a two-piece, a bikini, only a one-piece, which for me is crazy because I think you can legally wear a bikini around the streets of New York City but not at a beach resort. That sounds weird. Another place is Ras al-Khaimah. Excuse my pronunciation. I've never been to the United Arab Emirates, and I'm not really planning to go there because, well, in this place, in the United Arab Emirates, swimwear is banned. Are you ready for this? Entirely. You cannot wear a swimsuit. You cannot wear a bikini, one piece, two piece, nothing. So what's your other option? Going naked? <laughs> I don't know. You're not giving me too many options here, are you? All right. I also wanted to tell you about the first bikini model who wasn't really a model. No, no. Well, nobody wanted to model this bikini. It was too risque. Subido de tono. It was too risque for a mainstream model 
on the Parisian runways. Right, A runway is una pasarela. So when they were looking for a model, they ended up finding a new dancer, what we said before, a stripper. Her name was Micheline Bernardini. And Riard, the creator of the modern bikini, hired her, right? To hire is contratar. He hired her after every single model that he approached turned him down. Now, to turn down is rechazar. They rejected him. They turned him down because, well, they all thought it was too risque. It was too revealing. Now you can make a lot of money as a bikini model, but the first one, nobody dared to try it on. Never mind model it. To try on is probar. And to model is obviously modelar. Now let's look at the most expensive bikini in the world. It was created specifically for Sports Illustrated. In fact, I think Sports Illustrated was that and the Victoria's Secret catalog was my introduction to the bikini. <laughs> that and Princess Leia. Don't forget about Princess Leia, guys. She wore a bikini, although actress Carrie Fisher said it was horribly uncomfortable. I think that was probably the first bikini I ever saw. Maybe that's why I love Princess Leia and bikini so much. This expensive bikini was created specifically for Sports Illustrated and model Molly Sims. This was in 2012, 2012. It was designed by a jeweler. Jeweler is joyero or joyera. So the word is jewelry. That's what they make. That's what they sell. It's jewelry. And the person is a jeweler. Pronounce those with me because they're pretty difficult words. She's a jeweler and she has a jewelry shop. Okay, so this was designed by jeweler Susan Rosen. It was a two-piece bikini. Well, the definition of a bikini is a two-piece with 150 carats. Huh? Con 150 zanahorias? 150 carats? What are you talking about? Well, guys, carats are also quilates. And when we're talking about diamonds. Now, they're spelled very differently. Even though they sound the same, they're spelled differently. You've got carrot, zanahoria, C-A-R-R-O-T, and then you've got the other one, which is K-A-R-A-T. But they sound exactly the same. In fact, they're homophones. So 150 carats of flawless diamonds. Now, look at the pronunciation, not diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. 150 carats of flawless. Now, a flaw is an imperfection. So if it is flawless, it has zero imperfections. And it's set in platinum. So how much does it go for? Para cuánto se vende? Cuánto cuesta? Are you ready for this? A whopping $30 million. Yep, $30 million. Uh, hmm, yep, I can't afford it. <laughs> I don't think I could afford it, even if it had one diamond on it. Well, let's uh, see this bikini. This one caught my attention. A Brooklyn-based designer named Andrew Schneider created a bikini like no other. This was in 2011 or 2011. This was dubbed, we can say named or dubbed. I like dubbed. It sounds very Shakespearean. This garment was dubbed the solar bikini. Solar bikini? But aren't they all for the sun? No, 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 no. Not like this one. This is a bikini made of solar panels. That's right. With USB sockets to charge your devices while you lie out. Isn't that awesome? To lie out is tomar el sol. 
to lie out or to sunbathe, we say. How many of you like taking those selfies and stories at the beach and you're saying, oh, I ran out of battery? Well, don't worry. You can charge your phone in your bikini with the solar bikini. Now, here's my question. Electricity, water, uh, do you want to try it? Would any of you try it on? <laughs> okay, no, no, maybe you'll try it on. Will you try it on and then go in the water? Ah, uh, I didn't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the guinea pig. The guinea pig is el conejito de India. I wouldn't want to be the guinea pig. It's better to not mix certain things. All right, now let's take a look at this over here because Americans call un traje de baño, very similar to Spanish, a bathing suit or a swimsuit. There are two very common ways to say it in the United States. A bathing suit or a swimsuit. Be careful with that word because as I said, some people say sweet. It's not sweet, it's suit. Tienes que imaginarte esta palabra sin la I latina. A bathing suit or a swimsuit. Now, what do the British call it? They call it a swimming costume. Un disfraz. Yeah, I think it's pretty weird too, but that's what they call it. They call it a swimming costume. And you know what I say? I say suit yourself. <laughs> See what I did there? I was trying to be funny. Suit yourself means tú mismo. Suit yourself. Bathing suit. <laughs> Thanks, folks. I'll be here with my jokes every week. So just remember, if you're swimming in England, it's a swimming costume. If you're swimming in the United States, it's a bathing suit or a swimsuit. Now, have you guys ever seen the mankini? Oh, this was horrible. I, mean, I don't know who and why. Some inventions should have never come to be. The Mankini. Now, if you guys don't remember this, think of this character, Borat. Do you remember Borat, played by Sasha Baron Cohen, the comedian? And he plays Borat. He shows up on the beach with a Mankini, and it is uh, kind of gross. Poco asqueroso. <laughs> Some images you can't unsee. Me encanta esta expresión en inglés. Algunas imágenes no puedes hacer como si no las hayas visto. The mankini. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Also, guys, I mean, I don't want to be sexist or anything here. I think everybody should be able to wear what they want. But I got to say something. Guys, uh, the thong for guys, la tanga, the mankini. I think you're better off with a pair of swimming trunks. That's another way to say a male bathing suit, right? The shorts. We say trunks in the United States, swimming trunks. I mean, you're better off. In fact, you're better off skinny dipping than wearing a mankini. Or a thong, fellas, chicos. Skinny dipping means to go swimming naked. That's right, nude. O como decimos nosotros, in your birthday suit. En tu traje de cumpleaños. <laughs> I love that one. We don't say in balls. Yeah, you say en pelotas. We don't say in balls. We say naked. We say nude. O si es nadando, as I said, we're going skinny dipping. Now, let's take a look at this because I've had a lot of students tell me, Alberto, I'm going to go to the beach and take a bath. And this is where I get a little bit confused because you can't take a bath at the beach. You need a bathtub to take a bath. Let me explain. So a bathtub is una bañera. And you take a bath in a bathtub. Now, the British say to have a bath. The same thing with shower. So where we say take in the United States, the British say have. Which one's correct? 
the American one, obvious. No, I'm joking. Whichever one. You can say to take a bath. I'm going to say American and British with my British accent. So Americans would say, I'm going to take a bath. Me voy a meter en la bañera. Tomar un baño. British would say, I'm going to have a bath. Same thing with shower. Americans would say, I'm going to take a shower. The British would say, I'm going to have a shower. Americans would say, I'm going to take a nap. British would say, I'm going to have a nap. Una siesta. Do you see a pattern? ¿Ves un patrón que se está formando ahí? To take a bath. Reserved for a bathtub. So how do we say, pegarse un baño en el mar? O en la piscina? I'm going to take a dip. Because I wouldn't even say, I'm going to bathe in the ocean. It sounds too uh, formal. Now, we do say to sunbathe, as I said earlier in the show, to sunbathe is tomar el sol. Bathe con una e al final, que es el verbo, right? I would say, I'm going to take a dip or I'm going to go in the water, which is a very literal one, but we don't say, I'm going to take a bath. I know it can be confusing. That's why I wanted to clear it up. Aclararlo. I think it's important to know the difference between those two. Okay, now I'd like to look at a couple idiomatic expressions that uh, I thought you would like to know. The first one is to get your feet wet. Literally, mojar los pies. And I always think of when you go to the beach on this one. It means to start doing an activity. So when you're going to learn a language, for, for example, or you're going to take up a new hobby, to take up a new hobby is empezar un nuevo hobby, or anything, anything you're doing, you don't want to go into it 100% at first. You want to see if you like it, and then you can go into the water. So one way we say this is to test the waters. Literal, voy a probar el agua. But another way we say it is to get your feet wet. Mojar los pies. I'm going to get my feet wet. And that means just, you know, before you go in all the way, just to get a little taste of it. Now, the opposite of that idiom is to jump in with both feet, as we say. To dive in. I think you say zambullirse o tirarse de cabeza. So, some people like to get their feet wet when they start something new. And some people like to jump in with both feet or to dive in. See, they're both idioms that are associated with swimming and going in the water. Speaking of, swim is an irregular verb. Swim Swam, swum. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but practice it. Remember, the way to practice irregular verbs is, first column we say every day. Every day I swim in the ocean. Yesterday I swam in the ocean. And lately I've swum. Mira la pronunciación también. Ocean. Shh. Ocean. So I don't ever want you to pr practice irregular verbs saying take, took, taken. No, I want you to practice every day. So make that, guys, three columns in your notebook, wherever you write down your English notes, and put every day, put yesterday, and then put lately. And be careful, because every day should be separate. Every space day. Si no es every day como una palabra es cotidiano de cada día. So every day, cada día, that gives us the first column. Every day I swim, algo habitual presente. Yesterday I swam, pasado. And lately I've swum, presente perfecto. And you should practice all your irregular verbs like that. Every day I eat pasta. Yesterday I ate pasta. 
Lately, I've eaten pasta. And this way, guys, you're not just practicing three words. You're practicing three structures, and you're reminding yourself why you're saying each thing. So practice in context. It's very simple. Just put the word every day before the first column. Put yesterday or two years ago or three months ago in the second column. And then lately, which is a great one to know, ultimamente, in the third column. And then practice your irregular verbs aloud. So every day I swim. Yesterday I swam. Lately I've, which is the contraction of I have. Lately I've swum. All right, guys. And when you practice like that, then you're really jumping in with both feet and not just practicing random words. Palabras al azar. Well, guys, we've got to go. It's the end of today's bonus show. I want to thank you so much for being here as always. I could not do this show without you guys, my patrons. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. And let's keep learning and laughing together. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of FYI.